Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV to get started. That is B L E A V to get started. And that is all capital letters. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I am your host, Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats, and I am joined. Uh, I'll be joined by somebody else later, but first we've got the man, the myth, the legend, the champagne, Jerry. Jerry, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Doing good. Uh, excited to talk some Thunder basketball and a uh, very close win slash loss. Um, kind of confused on how to feel right now. Uh but uh, it, the the sun is staying out later, and the weather is getting warmer. And y'all know what that means. It is truly in champagne season like never before. <laughs> so um, I'm excited for it, man. How are you doing? Uh, well, you know, uh, just uh, j- just trying to roll with the punches of life, man. Um, you know, I, I do want to say before we get started, you know, we haven't – I think there will be like a two week break in between pods when by the time this goes out, and it's entirely my fault. Um, uh, Wednesday night, uh, I, I said that we was going to pod. We usually do pod on Wednesday night. Um, then I I realized as the game was going on, I'm like crap, I've got to get up at five thirty to have no better procedure at six thirty. So I was like, let's push it to Thursday. And you guys all said, yeah, Thursday sounds good. I'm like crap i'm supposed to stay in the hospital after procedure thursday night so i can't do thursday night either and i was like well let's do friday and then long story short friday turned saturday saturday turned into sunday and he's still in the hospital but sunday you know i have to go to work so i was gonna be home i'm like hey i can do sunday and then nobody else could do sunday so i'm like ah dang well i'll just record a solo pod so i record a solo pod peek behind the curtain I record, I edit, I do all that stuff. And that's it to Alex because usually when I'm editing, I do it on my phone and I can't post on my phone um, on our, on our uh, website. So yeah. I send it to Alex so he can do it on a computer. Alex is on vacation. He doesn't have access to his computer. I didn't know that when I recorded the solo pod, 
I can't post it till I get home. I get home, the game's already started, the information's already outdated. So I'm like, frick it, we're just gonna have to <laughs> just just roll uh, into today. So guys, I yeah. apologize that this is the first time you've heard us in a couple weeks, but I take full responsibility. Actually, won't happen again. Dylan, you can't take full responsibility. We're a unit, and we all fail together. Um, so yeah, I, it was crazy though because that's sort of what happened with me. It was like, oh yeah, I'm good. Let's go ahead and roll. And then I'm ready to roll and no one else is ready to roll. I think it was on Thursday night. I was like, yeah, let's go. Where are we going? And uh, we just, yeah, we just couldn't make it happen. So, um, and then Sunday night, I know with me, I was at the game and I was like, yeah, by the time I get home, it takes me like 35 minutes to get away from downtown to my house. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, yeah, this ain't happening tonight for me. So um, we failed together. Uh, We tanked together. Uh, Maybe we'll get a better draft pick. Um, there you go next year so <laughs> gotta, um, be, gotta be optimistic with it but yeah yes, man. Sir. yeah just to, just you know i i gave you guys this explanation in my solo pod but obviously you didn't hear that it'll never see the light of day so <laughs> there it is again or for the first time for you guys but hey um you know a lot of exciting things have happened uh since you guys have last heard us pod um there's been a few games go by but we're just going to focus on the really focus on tonight but collectively focus on the performance of a few other players so let's jump right in man you know the game just ended a few minutes ago the thunder lose to the san antonio spurs and just like an absolutely crazy game uh 122 to 120 um and in this game um you know shea went off Dejounte murray on the other side went off Keldon johnson was going crazy uh, Baisley uh, turned it on there at the end. Poku made some really big plays. And at the end of the day, Lonnie Walker, of all people, hit the game-winning three-pointer uh, with 0.5 seconds left on the clock to put the Spurs ahead for good. So this game's crazy, man. We're going to dive into it with the segment we know and love, a single large item. And, Jerry, it's just me and you, so we're not just going to do one single large item. We'll have a couple here. But I'm going to kick it okay. off to you, brother. What's your first single large item of this game? Um, I, I just, I I just want to start off with, uh, Poku, man, like the crap that he's been doing lately has just been so impressive. Um, he looks just a little bit more, uh, more polished, I think is what I'll say. Uh, he's still got his times where he looks a little murky and, and we, he needs to shine up just a little bit more. Um, I was talking to someone on Twitter, I think yesterday, and I was just like, yeah, he needs to quit getting stuck on the ball, you know, stuck in the air whenever he's trying to find passes, whenever his shot isn't there and you already know your shots, there or not, mm-hmm. you know, after your first dribble really and truly. Um, so don't get stuck in the air. And tonight he did a very good job. You know what I mean? Like just looking at him across the board, he played solid defense. Uh, he put up 16, six rebounds. He was five for seven from the field, one for two from three. And my favorite stat, just one turnover um is all that he put up tonight and that's just showing just his his growth this last I mean we'll call it third of the season Mm -hmm. um it's ever since all-star break it just seems like he can he seems to get better and better and better um as we go and um I don't know maybe that thing on his fingers working maybe it has (laughs) magic or something in it I don't know he's got the Kobe shooting finger sleeve yeah but he's just looking just great man um I think what, if I'm remembering right, my comp to him was like a mix of 
like super high ceiling, like stupid high ceiling. Ceilings. Yeah, like <laughs> dumb high. Um, was like a mix between um, Katie and Giannis. And like uh, a that's weird, what I was about to say. Yeah. It was like a stupid high ceiling. I was like, just his body type, right? And that's sort of what I leaned on throughout that explanation is like very similar body types, very similar abilities to move laterally, just off the dribble. Um, and he's really been putting it on, you know, display lately. Uh, I think what I've been impressed most with, especially with tonight, is just his ability to uh, get those quick tap-ins you know what I mean whether it's his own shot or somebody else's he has just a really good knack for you know getting tip-ins off of misses and uh, I think he had two of them tonight one off his own miss and one off somebody else's miss yeah um but I'm just loving the growth that I'm seeing and you can kind of tell on his face like his body language and everything out on the floor if you go look at him like the first half of the season versus now um the way he carries himself, just the way that he he plays has just been so much more confident. And I'm I'm here for it. Um, I've always believed that he'll be part of the the long-term plans here. Um, and it looks like it's gonna start paying off here very soon. So that's that's always a very good thing for us, bad for everybody else. Yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously he had that really tough stretch like early in the year. He went mm-hmm. back, he went to the G League, and that seems to be a superpower. That's where he like charges up because anytime he comes back from the G League, he's a completely different player. Yeah. And I mean, he has been playing really good as of late. Like, uh, yeah, I don't have like the exact stretch of games, but I'd say like the last like six, seven, eight games, something like that. Like, he's been he's been really solid. He's been making good decisions with the basketball. Um, he's been able to make some some plays. Uh, he he hit Shea on a backdoor cut um, early in the game. That was really fun to see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, like when he first started to like really come into his own this year, it, he was he was producing, but in a way that didn't make Poku Poku. Like what made Poku Poku last year was like all the fun things that he would try. And sometimes it would be really awesome because it works. Yeah. And sometimes it would be like it would be terrible because it didn't work. And tonight, you know, we saw a little bit of sauce from him. You know, a little fake pass before he hit him with the lefty way. That, that was very nice to see. Love to see that. And, uh, I mean, his his shot looks good. You know, he hit, he hit one or two from three. Like, you know, he's not checking them like he was last year. But nah. and, and I've noticed his shot looks less dolphin-like. It looks less like a dolphin coming out of the ocean. Um, yeah, w- with his flippers when he's releasing the ball, like it, I, it's still a really slow load up, and I think he does still need to work on that. But it it does look smoother. And the one that he knocked down, um, I think it was when Shea came out um, at the end of the third quarter, and that was like yep. right at the beginning of the fourth. He hit above the break three. So, yeah, well, and that's, that's the way I look about his shot, Dylan. Is like when you're that tall, you don't need the quick release really and truly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just don't. No one's going to stop you. And he has a true jump. Like, if you look at Giannis's shot, you know what I mean, versus his, for instance. Giannis, you want to talk about a slow load-up. I mean, I can go grocery shopping, come home, unload the groceries, and put them in the fridge by the time that that thing gets out of his hand. <laughs> um, and Poku actually jumps with his shot, too. You know, so I think that's another thing that just makes it damn near and guard- unguardable. Uh and then I forgot to mention something about, you know, just in tonight's game with him, that last play where he got the layup for the go ahead, um, you know, before Lonnie yeah. Walker broke our heart. Um, 
He had an impact on the defensive end there. Just runs the floor just as quick as he could on the other side, knowing that, you know, they had the ball and um, finishes really well, you know, right there. A young kid, what, 19 years old, not donking that off. It's pretty impressive. So, um, Poku, if you're listening, I love you. Um, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> hope you're doing well, man. There we go. Love it. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I buried the lead and I didn't talk about that. Like, you know, the most impressive plays of the night was when he, you know, got the stop on defense and then he came down the other end and Shea yep. hit him in transition for a layup. And both plays were on Keldon Johnson. Like, you know, Keldon Johnson, you know, he played for Kentucky. I love the guy. Like, he was the guy that I would have loved to have on the Thunder. And I, I still love him. Like, yeah, his shooting tonight was kind of an outlier, but, like, just the energy and the defense that he plays with, like, it's crazy. And I, I tweeted about this, like – on one end of the floor, Kelton Johnson tried to Thanos snap Poku out of existence yeah. um, on that play. Like I, I thought, <laughs> I thought he just posterized that mother. But of course, he got the contest. He got the ball back, and then he came down the other end and he hit the layup. And Kelton, he got to the ball, but it was after the ball already hit the glass, got goaltending. So, yeah, man, it, it was it was impressive to see. Um, I'm liking what I see out of Poku, and. You know, last year we got to see a lot of Poku. We got to see Poku with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, even like later in the year, we got to see some point Poku. Um, I'm, I am hoping that we like Shea gets to play out the rest of the season because I mean, games like tonight, man. I mean, Spurs, they're like they're weird in the middle. Like they're not tanking and they're also not trying. Yeah, to like make that play in spot, but we were still able to, you know, lose to them with Shea playing and Shea playing well, also. And you know that brings me to my single large item is it, just Shea, man. Like what he did, like throughout the game. Obviously, like I, I, I watched Shea more closely than I normally do in the first couple quarters, and then third quarter I was just along for the ride, man, because. He was getting anything he wanted against anybody the Spurs threw at him. I, I think I, that third quarter, I think he – what do you go, nine for nine? Nine for nine, 20 points. Yeah, like uh, that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was he, he was snatching uh, Devin Vassell's ankles. I think he got Trey Jones, Lonnie yep. Walker. And, of course, like the highlight of the night, he made DeJounte Murray straight like tumble. <laughs> put him on skates straight skates and every single one of these he hit a mid-range jumper on it and yep you know i asked the question on twitter and you know i'm, I'm interested to see you know what I, i'm interested to see what everybody says like specifically i wanted to hear what cone says because you know cone's like an nba kind of score like amongst us like he's like our nba expert yeah we're like we more focus on the thunder but um, you know, I asked on Twitter and everybody's like, oh, you know, it's number one, it's top two, not two. But like, where does Shea's mid-range jumper like realistically fall in the hierarchy of the NBA? And I mean, I mean, what, what do you think about that, Jerry? And like, he's for sure, I would have to say for sure top 10, stretch top five. I think comfortably I could say five to seven and, and I'm taking into account here, mind you, the Paul Georges, the Kawhi Leonard's, mm-hmm. 
the Chris Pauls, the Devin Bookers, DeMar DeRozan, um, Jimmy Butler. And I can't count Jimmy Butler this year, but that's usually his, you know, MO also. Um, Chris Middleton. Um, I mean, there's some, there's some dudes that have some nice middies and and score them at a high clip. Mm -hmm. Um, I think now if we're talking about like level of difficulty on getting those shots and still making them, Shea's definitely number one. Um, I mean, just because of the weapons around him and just how hard defenses collapse on him. Uh, but I mean, he's definitely, like I said, I, I, I'd comfortably say top seven, anywhere from like the five to seven range. Um, just cause I got to put some respect on those other guys' names, even though I'm a thunder homer. Yeah. I feel that even though you just named like seven guys, but, well, and I was just like, they could all fit and interchange yeah. in different spots, you know what I mean, at different times. Like even Jimmy, you know, I'd, I'd have to move him towards the end this year, you know, and, and put Shea somewhere in there. Uh, but, like, you can't argue Chris Paul and Kawhi's like yeah, – nah. Them nah. two are like one and two, I think, unanimously. So, um, yeah, that's my thought on it. Like it's 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 gotten better, which is great. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't feel that force to always try to take things to the rim and leave it up to the you know the refereeing to uh, or the officiating crew rather to um, get that call. Yeah, you know I mean mm-hmm. it's like yo, I'm I'm gonna get my points and I'll get them whether you give them to me here at this level or if you bite too much and I have that open lane, I'm gonna go get it at the next level. Um, then even recently, he's been shooting. And maybe it's just my eye test because I don't dive into – I haven't dove dove into stats like crazy this year. But, like, recently it it seems like he um, has been hitting a little bit better of a clip from the three-point range. Not so much tonight, for sure, but Mm -hmm. um, just since that all-star break, it seems like he's probably hovering closer to that 40% range than what he was, you know, 45 or 40-plus more than he was that first, you know, two-thirds of the season. Yeah, I, I think it's somewhere, like, uh, before tonight, anyways, it was somewhere around, like, 37, 38, something like that, uh, since the All-Star break, which, you know, isn't Close. 40%, but, like, you know, it's still, like, considerably better than what he had been shooting. And, you know, he's still shooting 29% for the year, and, you know, the rough start that he had is going to make that look bad. But, yeah, man, I, I, I just think, like – you know, I, I talk about, like, you know, specifically in the offseason, like how hard of a worker Shea is in the offseason when he has time to go into the, into the lab, put in work, <laughs> he comes back, he makes a leap, all that stuff. But, like, like I said, I, I was watching him uh, differently than I usually do earlier in this game and just, like, seeing how he adapts. And I, I saw it a lot in the Minnesota game, too, you yep. know. Um, last year and this year, he's led the league in drives, or he's been like at least like top two in drives, and everybody yep. knows that. Like he's gonna try to get to the rim, and uh, Minnesota was the first team I saw like you know really just try to eliminate that completely, and yep. so it got to the point where you know if you played too close on him, he's gonna blow by you, and if you try to play back on him and you know guard the rim. That I, I feel like that that first Minnesota game out of the All-Star break was when his mid-range, like, really started to like, not develop, but, like, you know, come to fruition. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, like, it's been, it's been money. And when he's been getting it from all over, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, mid-range too, whether it's from the corners, you know what I mean, you know, baseline, free throw line, um, wings. Elbow. Like, he, do, 
yeah, he does not care, you know, where he's getting it from. If you're, and that's where I think you were starting to see his prowess as a, as a score and somebody that can do this night in and night out. I last year, you know, last season we saw flashes is what I'll call them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing super consistent there and just watching him just, what is it? Is it a 10? How many games is he 30 plus right now? Well, no, he missed that one the other night. Um, no, he, to keep he's, his, he's played since the all-star break. Oh, you mean 30 point games? Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. yeah he had like 16 or something against the Timberwolves. Yeah. Well, and credit to them, man. Like, their defensive scheme on that was like just perfection. And their they defensive ran scheme is sent five guys <laughs> because well, but once they got the ball out of his hand, yeah, you know what I mean? They were gonna make it tough and they always switched on him. And um, if he made that pass to set up the offense, you know, they weren't letting him get the ball back. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what really just took us out of that game from the get-go. So uh, but it's still, I mean, to keep it on Shea, it's it's great to see him just really um I said, like, show the world, like, I'm him, you know, and he's he's definitely been showing it since the All-Star break. And I, mm-hmm. It just makes me happy because that's what you want to see. I think whenever we were coming out of the All-Star break, that's what we were really talking about. I was like, yo, <laughs> we want to see the consistency here and, and how he can put all this together. And he's he's living it, man. He's absolutely living it. Yeah, and I, I do want to point out that, like, you know, Coming out of the All-Star break, like, you know, specifically, like, I, I was I was just excited to see Shea play basketball. But also, like, the fit with him and Giddy, which I, I still want to see more reps on that. Yeah. And, you know, that first game, you know, obviously, like, you know, they kind of did their thing. But you could see Shea starting to try to work more off ball. And I think that, you know, Obviously, with Giddy being out, he's taking on more of a responsibility as a lead ball handler and primary scorer. So he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. But yeah. I've seen like, you know, small windows in like these past few games where he's trying to work off ball with Trey Mann or Basley or Poku or Teo, somebody else is the creator and him scoring off ball. Like tonight, like specifically, and even I think against the, uh, who would play like the Hornets, um, whenever. Uh, Poku had the ball and yep. Shea would just have a cut to the basket and Poku would find him and you know that that's easy two points and that's off ball I'm like you know I love Poku like he's he's fun to watch but he's not half the passer of Josh Giddy. so if Shea can get those looks with Poku he can get those looks like three or four times over when Josh Giddy's playing so yeah. uh, I have enjoyed that and I, I've seen a lot of people talk about Shea's lack of movement when he doesn't have the basketball and I watched like a lot of possessions whenever he didn't have the ball in his hands. And there is times like I'll grant you, he parks himself in the corner, but he doesn't park himself in the corner with his hands on his knees or anything like that. He's not only engaged, but he's directing the offense from the corner. Like, well, and oh, you have to think about it right now too. Like what do we got on this squad right now? Right. I think we're missing five guys that are rotation minutes. You know what I mean? Normally yeah. right now, like George you Giddy have to, years. Yeah, you gotta let these guys um, develop, man. Like you, you just have to. Um, and I think that's that's credit to him. That sort of shows his leadership to where he's just like, "Hey, look, guys, y'all got to figure this out just as much as I do. I'm gonna be over here. Y'all do y'all's thing because I believe in you guys and I have that confidence in you." So, um, and it shows. You know what I mean? Like we, our bench scoring has been great. You know what I mean? Over the last 
I mean, a while. I mean, <laughs> the bench hasn't been our issue this year, thankfully. So uh, not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, Shay's him, man. Like he's definitely proven that fully. Like he's going to be a perennial scorer, someone that can definitely um, uh, make a run at scoring titles every single year. Like he's going to be able to do that. Um, mix that with a little bit of winning and then we might have some MVP conversations. Like I'm all here for it and I'm here for it. I can't wait. Let's do it, man. I'm with it. All right, man. Going back to you, Willie, let's do one more. Um, what's your single sure. large item for uh, another single large item for tonight? Yeah. Um, so I hope Olivia is listening. Uh, <laughs> two words, Darius Baisley. Um, I don't know what this kid's on right now, but he is absolutely playing lights out in the way that I think a lot of us had those expectations of him last year, um, you know, coming out of his rookie season into, you know, his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that jump never really came. Uh, and I think it's, it's kind of in Baisley's personality, I think as a person to be a little bit more passive, especially whenever he has all those guys around him, you know what I mean? Your Kenny's, your Lou's, your, your mics sort of let them do what they're going to do. Um, but watching him just step up and grow the way he has since all-star break has just been amazing to see. Um, three point shooting, still a little spotty granted he's spiked considerably you know if we compare it to the first two-thirds of the season 40 percent tonight yeah um and i think he's been close to that almost every single night his just shooting in general has been stupid efficient uh i think tonight he went what nine and twelve nine and sixteen nine and sixteen sorry um but still he's shooting over 50 percent yeah you know and that's that's sort of what you want especially for a guy of his you know, sort of what you're trying to mold him into and get him towards. He's going to be a little bit of, you know, making those cuts to the basket. He's going to be a little bit, you know, off the dribble and, and taking the mismatch to the basket since he has the size and athleticism. Uh, he's going to take a little bit of, uh, hey, you're not going to step on me. Let me go ahead and try to splash this in your face real quick from three. Um, so between that, just on the offensive end, and the way he has been playing defense lately has just been – superb um he's been you know in some pretty tough matchups you know i think he pretty much had to guard cat that whole game uh against the wolves um pretty sure yeah am i right about that or did roby no they kind of split i think they were switching yeah, a lot Roby's on that. out there yeah yeah i think they were switching a lot but anyways um he's still been taking care of business and, and he's been a really good off the ball defender. Um, and, you know, being able to help the team recover, uh, rebounding has looked really, really great. Um, I'm just, I'm just super proud of him, man. Um, just super proud of him. I, I can't wait to see him just sort of take that leap. Um, and I hope that this gives him the confidence, you know, the last two thirds of the season to be like, Hey, look, I belong here really and truly because there was times of the year, you know, right before he got benched, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It got put to the bench that it was like, is this kid going to amount to anything? Like what's going on? You yeah. know what I mean? Is this a complete bust or, or what? 
you know, and, and um, I think he's definitely just taken that, you know, adversity and, and accepted his play, you know, that he had in the past and he's just overcame it recently. And I just hope that's something that can stick with him going forward. Uh, Cause he deserves it, man. You can tell the kid loves to hoop. You can tell he puts in the work. Um, and I just, I just want nothing for the best of them. Um, unlike some people. So uh, I, I feel like I need to point out Olivia, punch out is actually a huge Darius Baisley fan. Yeah, well, except for we that were, one podcast. We were all just very disappointed in his performance last year. No, nobody ever said we give up on him, okay? Except for Jerry. Except for Jerry. I was there standing up for him, so Darius, if you're listening, <laughs> I love you, and I hope I you're do. doing well. <laughs> all right. I hope you're doing well, man. Um, I've believed in you this whole time. Hey, it is worth noting his past four games, he shot 40% or above from the three-point line. So Impressive. Hopefully he's turning a corner there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, you know, like when we was talking, like, you know, it's three three players we wanted to highlight, and that's Poku, Shea, and Basley, who have all, like, been playing great um, as of late. And specifically, like, more recently with Bays, like his past three games have been really impressive. He yeah. put up 29-25 and then 25 again tonight. Yeah. Um, and I think the game before that was 22, which is still – game before that was 14. Okay, maybe it was the one before that. I know he had a 22 – no, there was a 22 somewhere. Maybe I'm tripping and maybe it was a 25 and he hit a three I missed or something. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's here nor there. Yeah, uh, no, you're good. You're good. Um, but, no, what, what, I've, what I've found was interesting is, like, prior to, like, this three-game stretch, he was shooting, like, 9, 9, 11, 7, 6, like, low field goal attempts. And he did have some in there, like, you know – 21 17 16 just like really inconsistent in terms of his shot attempts but the past three he shot 19 18 and 16 Uh, he's been getting a lot more usage on the offensive end there um and really like with you know trey man kind of going into uh kind of hitting a rookie wall um basely has kind of been the number two option uh for the thunder um you know in this stretch so yeah i've been really impressed and you know i've I hope the best for Basley. I would love to see him succeed. I think that he has the body type and the archetype um, to be a player that can contribute on this team, even when, you know, we're starting to compete. But he's just got to, like, consistency, man. Like, that's that's been his issue since day one. And I just – I need him to be consistent. You know, we got 13 games left. Like, got plenty of time to show me something. Let's, let's see it, man. Well, and I think something to sort of like think about and, and look at, at least that's something that I've thought about is I'm not saying like his, his finishing around the rim is just like astronomically crazy now. Um, but he's been making a lot better decisions when it comes to being around the rim um, and finishing just very well. So I think that he's, he's going to be able to put it all together. You know what I mean? And and if we're being honest with ourselves, we're not going to need him to be a 25, you know what I mean, 20-point game guy every single night. We just need him to do it when someone else is falling apart maybe um, or not having as good as a shooting night. Um, but I definitely definitely just see nothing but good things going forward. Like, I'm, I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited for him. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a blast to get to see him. Um, well, hey, man, this brings me into my single large item. It's the, the last one I got here. And it's uh, 
you know, it's not anything like super analytical or anything like that. It's, it's more of a funny. And of course, it's not going to work. So I can't show Jerry. But anytime, anytime that Zach Collins is on my screen, I can't help but see a certain cartoon character from a truly classic Disney movie, Meet the Robinsons, the character Goob. Um, I'm like, no, no spoilers, obviously, for the for the legendary <laughs> Meet the Robinson, but uh, Goob turns out to be somebody that you see later on in the movie, but. I mean, anytime I see him, I mean, maybe it's because Goob, who gets last, lack of sleep, has like sunken in eyeballs and like, it, I mean, you know, there's rings around his eyes. Zach yeah. Collins just perpetually looks like that, and so anytime I see him, I just, I just think of Goob, and uh, I, I gotta put it out on Twitter, and you know, the OGs, the real ones, know. Anytime I put it out there, um, there's some people that see it for the first time, and they're like, oh my god. I, I see it. I see it now. And I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm glad you see it because I cannot unsee it. So, uh, oh, gosh, shout out Zach Goob Collins. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I totally forgot he was in the league for a little bit. Um, he was hurt forever. Yeah. No, he was. I totally forgot he was in there in the league for a little while. Um, yeah. No, I see it all the way. Like I just clicked on it. I've never seen the movie, but yeah, I can definitely see it. So oh, now I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna be able to unsee it now. So thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean you can't unsee it, but you know what you need to see is Meet the Robinsons because it is truly, like, truly a, a good like. I would say it's truly a great Disney movie. I'll try it out, man. I'll try it out. I'll just do your Disney Plus. There you go. Hey. You got it, man. Hey, you, you share League Pass and, well, usually HBO Max, but, you know, for whatever reason, it's not working for me. But I don't know what's going on right now. We can't figure it out. I've called Tech the other day, and they're just like, yeah, everything should work. And I'm like, well, it's not. So, it's not. Um, I know a lot of, uh, just to give you some clarification, I know that they've been doing, like, some IP tracing. Yeah. Um. So it could be that where if it's if it's not in the host's zip code, um, since I had the subscription through it and League Pass is like, like it's just completely different, right? Yeah. Like, like my company and and um, HBO have a deal together, so they would have to sort of figure that out. So That's I'm hoping moody. to figure it out, man. And no one, someone just tells me the truth. So we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll get you squared away sooner than later on that. It's all good. We'll we'll make it by, man. I know you've been missing Euphoria. I know, man. We'll we'll get you there. We we still haven't watched Euphoria. Um, I don't remember what I was trying to watch the other day. So just just to let you know, don't even remotely have the kids awake. Um, trying oh, no, to watch that. Yeah, just don't even try. Um, it is absolutely disgusting for most parts. Um, but Zendaya plays probably the worst drug addict I've ever seen in my life or the best rather the worst slash best drug addict I've ever seen in my life. So not confusing. Uh, at all. no. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll get that squared away. Yeah. No, we was watching the new season of Ozark and AJ came downstairs to like fill up his water or something. And, you know, we just kept it going. And uh, somebody said, what the F is he doing? And he was walking up the stairs and he said, what the funny is he doing? Oh, no. Uh, I was like, God, AJ, never change, man, never change. Yeah. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. 
With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Well, hey, man. Uh, you know, we talked about tonight's game, but uh, I put the call out for – I didn't put the call out. I shouldn't take credit. Alex put the call out for Twitter questions. And yeah. uh, as our listeners always do, man, they uh, they stepped up in a big way. So, let's dive right into it. I think Alex is supposed to be jumping on here at some point, so he can also okay. dive in. Um, so, first, we will start with at Evan ETM, Evan McDaniel, long-term long-time listener of the pod – uh, group chat OG um, yeah. asks AJ Griffin or Jalen Durant. Just simple in a vacuum. Now this could be as a player. This could be as a person. This could be as a freestyle rapper. This could be as a underwater basket weaver. So you know, take <laughs> take it as any interpretation as you want to, Jared. Oh man, give me Durant, man. Give me Durant or give me Death. Oh. Okay, we're going extreme now. Yeah, I, I just really like the kid. I just really, really like him. I like his rim running. I like his um, – he's a little unpolished on the defensive end for the league, but I he does a very good job at the college level. And um, I think a lot of those things just with time would catch up. Uh, he hasn't filled out his body yet. He has a very nice-looking body. Um, that sounded really weird. Pause. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but – uh, yeah, I, I, I just think Duran would be a very good fit for us if, you know, that's the way that we need to go, um, depending on what the lottery gods give us. Yeah, I, I like both of these players. I, it's, you know, so it's like I wouldn't be mad with either one of them ending up on the Thunder. Obviously, Duran's more of like a Taylor May fit with Gideon Shea and having, yeah. like you said, like a rim-running big man, a guy that can, you know, help protect the rim. And, you know, who knows? Like, I mean, he's he's shown some playmaking flashes in his time at Memphis. I haven't really seen much shooting, but, um, I mean, you didn't see much shooting out of JaVale McGee early in his career, and look at him now. Dwight Howard, yeah. same way. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely possible. He's built like a truck, so – I would like him, but I, I got to go with AJ Griffin, man. Like, I mean, just the just the wing, the shooting. Like, even though it looks like he's doing the splits anytime he shoots the ball, um, the defensive potential. Like, he he's one of the guys that are not at the top that has like legitimate 
I'm not going to say star potential, but has like the potential to be an all-star, like maybe like a Jalen Brown type player. Um, now he's not as athletic as Jalen Brown or, you know, even as like intelligent as Jalen Brown or anything like that. But, you know, in terms of like, you know, just like a, like a rangy wing that can shoot, that can spread the ball out and that can really lock in defensively. Um, yeah. I, I, I see it out of him. And, Something I learned today, like he's he's really young, uh, like he's younger than Shaden Sharp, and Shaden Sharp, you know, might not even come into the draft until next year. Um, I don't think he will. Uh, side note, but yeah, so I like AJ Griffin for all those reasons. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think we both made very good arguments, sir. There you go. All right, at the oh, not his, it is not at, but his name is Dakota Baker at Bearded Thunder One says, what NCAA tournament matchups are you looking forward to for our potential draft candidates? Personally, I'm hoping we get a second-round matchup of Memphis and Gonzaga. And uh, I'm just going to jump in and say, like, I've I, – I, that was the first thing that I highlighted whenever, like, the, the selection show was coming on. Like, there's a potential second-round matchup of Gonzaga and Memphis, which gives you the aforementioned Jalen Duran and Chet Holmgren. And – uh, Sam Vecini and Matt Penny was talking about in game theory pod. Like, you know, that's not really a matchup that is going to help Chet Holmgren in any way. Um, yeah. it, it can only hurt him, but it could definitely help Jalen Duran if he's able to <clears throat> put on a good performance against Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. So yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, Jerry, do you have any um, that you're looking at while I'm kind of looking at the board here? You know what's bad is I actually need to wake up tomorrow morning and fill out my first bracket. Oh, man. Yeah, I am definitely just screwing up this year on this. Um, <laughs> work's been crazy. Just everything's been crazy lately. So, I feel that. Um, man, like I've, I've peeked at it a little bit. I think that's like the big one, you know what I mean, that everybody can, mm-hmm. can say. Um, the only other one that like maybe would get me a little bit excited um, and we're talking second round matchups. Uh, just matchups in general in the tournament, like potential matchups. Oh, so potential mac- matchups. I mm-hmm. really uh, would like to see the, um, oh God, where's it at? Uh, Duke and uh, Nova, like just two completely different teams, you know, whenever you look at them, how the, the way that they're built. And I just think, it would just be a really, really, really fun matchup. And, um, of course Duke's going to win cause I love coach K. Um, and, uh, that's really, you know, the one that stood out to me whenever I looked at it was like, Oh man, that could be a barn burner. Um, another one maybe would be, um, golly, man, that's really it. I mean, there's nothing that's like just really, sticking out to me just big time um that's a really good one though uh you know the the gonzaga and um memphis uh, memphis matchup like that's a really good one yeah in order for villanova and duke to meet it'd have to be in the championship so i I thought they're on the same side Mm -mm. okay no I, i i looked at it wrong my bad yep i looked at it wrong yeah so i'm hoping for that to not happen <laughs> um I, so like uh w- one of like the kind of draft matchups i'd like to see is 
Kansas and Iowa have the potential to meet the Sweet 16. That'd be cool. Uh, Keegan Murray and Ochai Abaji, uh, that would be a really fun matchup. Um, obviously, they wouldn't be guarding each other, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you guys know I'm a huge Kentucky fan. So, um, you know, we played Duke early this year, and, like, I wouldn't say we got smacked. Like, they beat us convincingly, but, like, famously, like, Cal's team is not playing the way they are at the beginning of the year that they are at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. And, like, honestly, I would say Duke has more issues now than they had at the beginning of the year. With, with how they're, they've been playing, uh, specifically in, like, the conference tournament. And, you know, Kentucky's, like, not perfect. Obviously, they lost to Tennessee. But um, Cal's been very excited about um, a tweak that he's made. I mean, you know, they're playing more loose. They're playing more free uh, with the adjustment that he's made. So, I'm excited to see him in the tournament. And I'd love to see us match up with Duke again, um, especially since we started to feature Oscar Shibway. Um, I would love to see him match up with Paolo Bencaro, just kind of see what he can do. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I'm just kind of bummed out because, you know, Oklahoma State should be in here. Um, they definitely would have ran the Big 12 tournament and, you know, got themselves a bid. And we might have just won the national championship this year because Mike Point is the best coach in the nation. So um, <laughs> thanks, NCAA, for nothing. Appreciate you guys. Hey, they did uh, They did give a shout out to Oklahoma State on the Game Theory pod. Um, they was talking about yeah, the same thing. Like, you know, they should have been in the tournament. They're one of the best defensive teams in the nation. But feels bad, man. Sorry. Sorry about that. No. And I mean, y'all, was supposed crazy. To, y'all was supposed to miss last year, too, though, right? And they let you in because of Cade? It was something weird like that. Yeah. Just the Big 12 tournament, though, if I'm remembering right. We don't, I don't think we made it to the real tournament. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You just lost early on. Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. And that's probably all it was. But even then, like, let us, let us play, man. Like it's such a crappy situation. And then on top of it, like the part that makes me the most mad is this is getting in the way of recruiting and we should have like way better recruits for Boynton, but they just don't want to play because they can't get that exposure. You know what I mean? Guaranteed exposure in the tournament. Um, So just what Boynton's doing with the crew that he has is kind of impressive still. So you could tell his his culture and everything that he brings to it's nice. So I'm sorry I didn't mean to turn this to an OSU Cowboys pod, but no, you're um, fine. I mean, honestly, that that's why, like, you know, when the band was announced last year, like in the preseason, like that's why I thought Cade might flip his commitment just because he wasn't gonna be able to play in the postseason. So, yeah, like you no, know, we all thought from, that. Yeah, yeah. So like I and mean, so when he you know stuck with it, you know, that was impressive by him but yeah like i I could definitely see that um kind of sticking with the college thing uh chris fulton at two-bit man child you know you don't have to answer this jerry because i i I doubt you know this guy um but he says uh, why is jay williams better than oscar shibway short answer he is not um you know you guys beat us at bub walton arena i will give you that but oscar (laughs) shibway is probably going to be the national player of the year he was the first team all american first team all sec uh, Jalen Williams was not. Um, follow-up question, he says, did I spell that correctly? You did not. There's an E in between the I and the B. That is Oscar, T-S-H-I-E-B-W-E. 
Okay. So I'm gonna take it this Williams kid plays for Arkansas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm I'm anti-Arkansas just because they lost my parlay last week. I, I put five dollars down to win four hundred, and they were literally the one team that screwed me over. So um, man, yeah, I'm I'm against Arkansas. Everything Razorback, I am against right now. It feels bad, man. It feels bad. Yeah, I, I was sick. I, I do wanna I do wanna look up what what their stats was head to head because I know that like Sheboy had a crazy gig. Okay. Yeah. Sheboy had 30 and 18 against Jalen Williams in Arkansas. Jalen Williams had 16 and 12. So like, just stop Chris, just stop. Hey, those aren't, those aren't, neither one of those games are bad games though. So yeah, 16 and 12 is not a bad game, but 30 and 18 is objectively a much better game. It absolutely is. I'm not even going to sit there and deny that, but that those are both good, good solid games by some big men. Yeah, for sure. All right, staying with college, and yeah, I, I'll try to make sure I don't miss any of these. I'm gonna try to stay with college, and then we'll jump into more of the NBA stuff. So, okay. at, at Shea underscore Media says, why is Keegan Murray so underlooked? And he also asked, how many players from this season do you think will be on the roster next year? Um, so Keegan Murray, I wouldn't say he's underlooked, honestly. Like I, I'll go and tee this off. Um, you know, ever since the whole draft cycle started and I've, kind of, you know, kind of dove into like looking at mock drafts and stuff, he's pretty consensusly consistent. I think, I think both words apply consensusly and consistently. Um, not, let me Google that real quick. Is consensus consensusly? Word? Okay. Well, hey, I, if it isn't, I just made it up. So, um, but Anyways, he's been in that, like, five to eight range, like, with your A.J. Griffin, Shaden Sharp. Uh, I think Kendall Brown was around there for a while. Like, he's been in that range pretty much all year. Um, I think that, you know, with his play in the uh, – is it Big 12? It's not Big 12, is it? No, they're Big 10. Big 10, right, right, right. So, his play in the Big 10 tournament has definitely, I think, catapulted him. I think that he's, like, in that five to six range. Um as opposed to like the seven, eight range, but I wouldn't say he's overlooked. I think that I, it's going to take like him putting up like 30 points per game in the NCAA tournament, winning the championship for him to like leapfrog the likes of a Jaden Ivy, a Chet Holmgren, a Palo Bancaro, or a Jabari Smith Jr. So I wouldn't say he's overlooked. I'm just, I would just say that, you know, he has guys above him that probably aren't going to move out of that. I'm sorry to monopolize the question there, Jerry, but uh, what, no, what do you think about it? No, I, I, I'm like not a big Iowa basketball product fan. Um, I can't think of somebody that's just stood out from from there ever, um, personally. So, like, I'm just not a big fan. He might be great. He might be terrible. He might just be a normal guy. Who knows? Um, but he'll probably, just like you said, fit in that range because whenever you look at him nationally and sort of the exposure that he's got, um, and he did play a hell of a Big Ten tournament. I did watch the championship, well, some of it. Um, kick a hoop, really high IQ, um, mm-hmm. kind of a, a – he's a dog. He, in a way, kind of, kind of reminds me in a weird way um, minus the freakishly big hands and long arms um, of Kawhi, just like the way that they play. Like, it's weird. I don't know how I how I drew that comp, but I was like, he kind of yeah. reminds me of Kawhi for some reason. Um, I got you. 
So uh, yeah, we'll just see, man. We'll just see. I've, I need to brush up on a lot more, you know, during the tournament and just post tournament on, you know, diving into to draft prospects and things of that nature. I just have not, I got all my eggs in the 2023 basket. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> can't help it. Uh, I've sort of just forgot about this year because yeah, it's just, it is what it is. So. No, I got you. Yeah. And you know, we're definitely going to like super like hardcore dive into the draft. Like once the season ends, like I've oh, already yeah. got my guys like Nathan and uh, Keandre and Corey Toloba, like they're all chomping at the bit to come on the pod doc. So like, or is it champing? I, I think Dolan told me it's champing at the bit. So Dolan, correct me if I'm wrong there. Oh, um, don't worry. He will. Oh yeah, he will. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, yeah, Keegan Murray, like he, he's super, he's a smooth basketball player. He's a good yeah. shooter. Um, you know, if he could transition that shooting to the next level, like he would be a great player on this team. Like he's a guy that could give us that, um, that so desired spacing uh, for our boy Shea and Giddy. Um, so, you know, if it boiled down to us getting a Keegan Murray, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, he's not, like, my top option, obviously, but, like, I wouldn't be mad about it either. So, yep. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get back to a second part once we rip through the college because, you know, college is a hot topic right now. Um, let's see here. Okay, we only got one more question college uh, we got two okay we'll start with sublime so at sublime 50 ls1 uh the best uh artist on the bird app says name one top prospect that you irrationally dislike and one second tier guy you ride or die with <laughs> so um irrationally like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to go look at some prospects to like irrationally dislike yeah, so anybody, yeah. like, in, in the top prospect. Oh, yeah, no, I, I said it, what was it, a week or two ago? Um, Chet, like, uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah, like, I just, I, I can't deal with it. Um, like I said, it's, it's his body that scares me and coming out of Gonzaga. Um, I just don't want to waste that pick and it being Adam Morrison 2.0, um, but seven foot and likes to block shots. So, um middle of the road i honestly right here right now cannot give a good answer but i'm like irrationally just like stupid ridiculously high on um yeah i feel yeah. that there's well, not someone that sticks out i can't think of anybody at the top that like i irrationally hate like i i'm like just looking at like tankathon like the first 12 guys i like as prospects yeah um but you get to that like you know 13 to 30 range and <laughs> the guy I just keep seeing is Nikola Jovich. And this is a guy that I joked last year, like as I started looking into this year's draft prospects, like this seems like a guy that Presti's gonna draft because you know he's he's not super athletic, he's not a great defender. You can't and, say his name. <laughs> he he can't he doesn't do anything great. He's just kind of like a jack of all trades. Like he's a skilled basketball player. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a very good possibility he could come onto the team and be great and like, you know, fit perfectly and, you know, be like a missing piece. But I don't know. Anytime I see him mocked to us, I just get irrationally angry. So I guess in the spirit of the question, I've got to go with Nikola Jovic. 
<laughs> um, in terms of a mid-tier guy that is my ride or die, I don't know what you consider mid-tier because I don't really ride or die with any of these days. Yeah, I mean, I just glazed over the list and I just haven't really been able to watch too many of them, so. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I'm going to go with my guy Ty Ty uh, for Kentucky. I know you that. You would. Well, no, here's the thing, because I've been critical of Ty Ty, but I think a big problem with him is what a lot of uh, players that come and play for Kentucky and Cal is, is like he's being pushed out of his comfort zone. He's not playing how he's going to play in the NBA. Like Ty Ty, for all intents and purposes, when he gets drafted into the NBA, is going to be a point guard. He's going to be a lead guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to create for himself and for his teammates. At Kentucky, he is playing alongside the SEC leader in assists per game last year um, in Severe Wheeler. He's an undersized guard. He can't play off the ball. He can't shoot. So, Ty Ty, kind of like Shea. Like, you know, Shea wants to be a point guard. A lot of people wave him as a point guard and think he could be a point guard. But since he is more able to play off ball than Josh Giddy, he's the guy that's being forced to play off ball. That's kind of what it is with Ty Ty and Severe. Ty Ty is having to play off ball and it's pushing him out of his comfort zone. Now, when Severe's hurt and Ty Ty's got to run the show, he set the record by a freshman for assists, 17 assists in a game. And, you know, you, you've seen stretches where Ty Ty has just been dominant. Like, he's super smooth, like a crazy good pull-up jumper. Um, when he gets to his floater, he's really good. And he showed in the tournament that uh, – well, early on in the tournament, um, you know, we only played two games, <coughs> that he's got a nice shot to him um, from the three-point line. And, you know, if he can really get his three-point shot going, then he's going to be a problem. Um, but, you know, he's, he's kind of brittle. He's, he's gone through a couple of injuries, and so I can get why people are low on him. I know some people have had him as high as, like, you know, eight or nine. I've had some, I've seen some people have him as low as, like, 25. So, he's got a very high variance of being drafted. But uh, I, I do think he's going to be a good player because he gets after it defensively, too. He's got a good frame, and uh, he's got some dog in him. So, yeah, I, I, I like Ty Ty. I, I don't really want him on this Thunder team just because we're so, like – we have so yeah. many guards. I don't think yeah. he fits here, but I do think that he could be a good player for a team. Okay. I'll trust you on that one. I, I'm tie tie all the way. There we go. All right. He's my ride or die from here on out. There we go. Jerry, welcome to the BBN. <laughs> Most definitely not. Orange power. <laughs> Orange all right. power. All right. All right. Well, next we get to, uh, at key in XM. He asked us four questions. All right. So shout out key for giving us some content here. Dang, is this, is that Barbara Walters in disguise? <laughs> so the first couple questions is kind of what we've been talking about, you know, college and draft prospects. And then he transitions us into OKC. And then that's where the rest of our questions are. So it's okay. it's kind of a perfect question here. So first one, biggest sleeper team in the NCAA tournament. Biggest sleeper? Biggest sleeper. Oh, man. Um, so, why you just... why you think about that, I'm, I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and tell you. Um, my final four is two one-seeds and two two-seeds. Usually it doesn't end up that way for me, but that's how it shook up. Um, I have Ohio State in the Elite Eight. They're seven-seed. I wouldn't really consider them a sleeper. I have Akron 
in the Sweet 16 playing Baylor, they are a 13 seed. In order for Akron to get there, they would have to beat – where are they at? They would have to beat UCLA, which would be a huge upset, St. Mary's, and then that's when they would get to the Baylor game. Um, the reason I like Akron is, you know, whenever the selection show was going on, um, they talked about, you know, each team, why they can present a problem. And with Akron, they said they have two NBA-ready players um, on this team. And, you know, they said they're a well-coached bunch. They really get after it on defense. So I'm, I'm hedging my bets on Akron, man. Uh, so what's your – yeah, what's your um, – like, what's your break in – and as far as the the rankings go, not rankings, but you know the seedings go on what would be a sleeper, like in your head, like would, seven and up. Yeah, yeah, I would say seven and up, just because I had Ohio State seven and I wanted to go somebody else. So yeah, we'll get that. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but like, I feel like New Mexico State could like just surprise somebody um in their first game against UConn he's been kind of weird this year um I think that they could you know get some uh momentum going behind that uh they'll probably lose the next round though gosh that's a terrible one hold on <laughs> um I didn't look ahead to see who they're playing well I will say like you know th- this is up to interpretation he didn't say like how far so you could just have like a sleeper team go like one round or two rounds honestly and like if if that was the case then i would say south dakota state uh they got that uh baylor shireman um yeah he's supposed the- to be nba prospect uh he, they're a popular upset pick against providence i had them losing the next round against iowa but uh you know go go jackrabbits man so is is sister mary still alive Sister Jean? Sister Jean, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah. She's still she alive. Go, you going with Loyola, Chicago? Yeah, I'm going with Loyola. Um, if she's still alive, you can't bet against them. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. I think that's the, then the rules. Well, I, I have Ohio State going all the way to the, the Elite Eight, so I, I can't say them the rules for me. I might have to change that, though, because I heard that one of their players is hurt and might not play, so that would throw a monkey wrench in my plans. Well, it definitely would. Malachi Branham, I need you healthy. All right. Uh, second question, favorite underrated prospect for this year's draft class? Um, so – Jerry, if you have somebody, you can chime in in a second, but, like, I'll just go ahead and shout out my boy Oscar Shibway. Um, right now, Tankathon has him at 46. Um, <clears throat> this is a guy that best rebounder, like, one of the best rebounders we've seen in, like, the past, like, 50 years in college basketball. Like, that's not me saying it. That's, like, other people saying it. Um, you know, I told you earlier against Arkansas whenever – Jalen Williams, quote-unquote, dominated him. Uh, he's still at 30 and 18. Um, he's a guy that doesn't have a huge bag offensively, and obviously he's not like a seven-foot or anything like that, but he's a guy that just – he's smart. He works his angles, and he just works, man. His motor is nonstop. Um, he's really good defense. He's got really active hands. And he's, like I said, he's highly intelligent. He's got really nice touch around the basket. That's that's kind of where it ends offensively, but I mean he he's a guy that could just really come in and contribute from day one, like you know not as like a rim protector or anything like that, but like I, if I had to find a mimic for his game, 
um, like a player comp- comparison. I don't know why I said a mimic. That was freaking weird. Um, I-, I would say that he plays a lot like Isaiah Stewart out of Detroit. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh, honestly, like, you know, with, you know, expanding on his correlation, you know, Isaiah Stewart with the whole LeBron thing early on in the year, Oscar Sheboy's guy that doesn't back down from anybody. Um, you know, he, he grew up in poverty in, uh, in Africa. He's had to fight for every opportunity he's ever had, and he's still fighting um, because, you know, his his family shares uh, a room, basically, like where they live. They share a room with, like, 10 other people, and, you know, he wants to get his family out of that situation. So anytime he takes the court, uh, he's, he's playing for his family, not just for himself. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a fan favorite. And if I can't say anything else, uh, man, yeah, that's Oscar Sheboy, man. Yeah, no, I, I do have one because I mentioned him like a month ago. Uh, EJ Liddell out of Ohio State. I think yeah. that that kid can be somebody. Um, he just does, you know, he plays that mix between a guard and a forward, and he does pretty well, rebounds well, you know, plays solid defense, can make that switch on the perimeter. Um, yeah, I, I'm sticking with EJ. I think, I think he could be a, a very nice sleeper in this draft and become a guy someday. How are you going to pick EJ Waddell and then say, well, Chicago beats him first round? Come on, Jerry. Bruh. <laughs> Those are two different questions, two different thought processes. Okay? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, all right, his next question, transition into more OKC stuff. Uh, goals for OKC these last couple of games. And we saw shades of it a little bit. Uh, I think Joe Masado reported that Josh Giddy and Kendrick Williams were participating in warm-ups tonight. Um, hopefully we get an update on – at least Josh Giddy situation um, tomorrow. I think they said mark the month mark or whatever. Um, I want to see Josh Giddy and Shea play more. You know, I talked about how it looked like Shea was putting in a conscious effort to try to work more, a little bit more off ball. And I just want to see him do it with Giddy, man. I want to see these two, you know, n- you know, focus more on not your turn, my turn, but trying to cohesively play off one of that, one another. So that's my main thing that I want to see. And also, like I said, I, I just want to see Baisley continue the stretch that he's on, like maybe not to the degree that he's playing, but like, you know, staying aggressive, but being efficient, you know, not forcing anything and, you know, staying active on defense. And I, I would love to see that. What about you, Jerry? Yeah. I, I really just want to see Poku continue to be Poku, you know, as of late, and then um, just from like a, a team perspective, um, I'd love every single game to end up like tonight. Um, it was kind of a rough stretch there, you know, the last yeah. eight games prior. Um, and when I say kind of a rough stretch, uh, there's points in the game where I just wanted to rip my eyes out because um, <laughs> it was just, it was tough to watch, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, the, the one that I think of just recently is that Hornets game. Uh I had the thunder in a parlay um, and we were playing that first half. And I was like, let's go. The spread was 11 and a half. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're covering tonight. Let's go. Um, and we pursued to lose or proceed to lose by, I think 19 or 20 um, might be more than that. I can't remember. Uh, but anyways, I just want to see a lot more close games like we had tonight, you know, sort of down at the wire. Um, even if the results still catching big fat L, um, I'm okay with that. Uh, just super competitive games. Um, and just sort of how you mentioned, I want to see Josh and Shay, you know, close out the year together and just build that bond um, that we 
I think we all know that that we need to see, you know, going into the next season. Because um, I've been arguing with people recently on Twitter, just talking about like, look, guys, like, it, it, and I was making my Durin case if we didn't fall into, you know, one and two is is where I was making my case at, or, or one through three is what it was. Um, and people are like, yeah, take best player available. And um, I come from the fold. It's like, no, be safe here, right? Play it safe. Um, and when I say play it safe, still get something that you can use here soon. Um, but also uh, it gives you the ability to adapt if you're not able to get into the spot that you want to get into the draft come 2023. The reason why I say that is this team healthy has proven to us already this year, uh, even with stretches of certain main players being out, that they can compete at a very high level um, and they can keep games close. And I just don't see that happening um, where they can't keep them close and or win more games going into next year with all the development that's happened this year. So, um, yeah, just – Let's let's watch that happen a little bit more with, with Josh and Shay and and uh, let, let the good times roll into twenty twenty three. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like a, like I said on somebody's podcast going into the year last year. Like they said, what's an, what's an ideal season look like to you? And uh, I actually made him choke on his water when I said this. Like he asked the question, took a drink. I was like, lose every game by one point. And he just, he like Perfect. choked on his water. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you stay com- you stay competitive, you know, you get experience in those close games, but you know, the ultimate goal is to, you know, get a high draft pick and that puts you in a better position for a draft pick. So and you know, the the key difference between last year and this year is like this year's been a lot more watchable because you have Shea out there. Like last year, like, you know, it was cool to see some of the young guys get, you know, more reps, more experience, but it was kind of ugly there. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, you didn't, well, you didn't have anybody look really look forward to playing. Like, you just got to look forward to the Poku experience. Well, and alternatively, you know, we had that stretch where Shea was out right before All-Star break. Mm-hmm. You know, how many – what was it, like three or four games, something like that, prior to All-Star break? Might have been two. Anywho. Yeah. Um, and then we come back from All-Star break, and our, you know, injury report turns into a novel somehow. Um so yeah, it's 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 definitely um, uh, a tale of two seasons for us, and I just want to see you know us us just be a little bit better, um, you know, on that end, and just finish out the year strong. I hope Lou gets to well, not Lou, um, Kenny yeah. gets to come back, okay. and you know, and and get some run also. Um, I think that would be great for us, um, considering we didn't trade him. Uh, and I meant to say this on the pod at trade deadline. Um, hey, source was source wasn't wrong. It's just the deal wasn't right. Um, you know, for, well, he never for, said it was happening. He said that no, no, no. The deal There's, happened. It would be this. Yeah, it, it's it's the rumblings happening over here. So, yeah. um, you know, it didn't happen. So, um, seems like Kenny's going to be a um guy in the rotation. I feel like you know yeah. it'd be kind of dumb to to let him. Uh, or trade them, you know, going into the off season, which it could happen, I guess, but I just don't see it. Um, but yeah, get Kenny out there a little bit more. I missed the mullet. Um, and just see what these boys can do and still somehow lose. Cause we need to fall back just a little bit more. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I think, 
Let me take a look at TankCon real quick because I got it pulled up. I don't know if it caught up or not yet. Um, 20 and 49. Does that sound right? Uh, pretty close. Here, I'm going to go pull it up too. Yeah. I don't know why it doesn't update or it might have updated. And I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So the Rockets lost anyways. And then who is the other team that was playing? Uh, doesn't look like there was anybody else playing. Yeah, so the Rockets lost, so that didn't help us anyways. But, yeah, we're three games back from the one spot in Tankathon. We're two games – or two yep. and a half games from the two, and then two games behind Detroit for the three. So, there's a realistic chance that we can, you know, creep up in that top three. Because don't we play the Magic once, the Pistons once, so, before the season ends? Yeah, let's let, – let me look at it real quick. Uh, yeah, we play Orlando twice, actually. Yeah. So that's good for us. Trailblazers once. I think we yep. played. Oh, we played twice. Yeah, we played them twice, and then we played Detroit once. Um, and then everybody else is just gonna smack us across the face. So, um, yeah, good chances for us here. Very good chances here. Um, well, I don't know. We play the Lakers. That 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 could be a that could be a win. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You know, everybody might get sick. Um, they might just go eat bad pizza or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely uh, something at the top of the mind right now. Is just to increase those chances real quick, since the lottery gods just absolutely hate us all the time. So um, they've hated us since two thousand and eight or seven. But we clearly yeah. can't count seven because it wasn't our team yet. So yeah, whatever. Well, I'm I'm hoping for better luck this year, and if not, then you know I'll throw things out my window. But uh, wrapping up Key's question, the last question he has is, "Do you believe in the Mitchell Robinson rumors?" And you know, just to save for time, I'm just going to address this real quick. Like Mitchell Robinson's not coming to the Thunder. He doesn't want to come to the Thunder. The Thunder don't want him. His yeah. agent is leveraging the Thunder's cap space into thinking more into making other teams think that other teams want him. Um, yep. They did this over the offseason. Tim Hardaway Jr., I think, was one. One of the Plumleys yep. was one. Like, yep. we was never in on these guys. It's just their agent posturing because we have cat space to sign them. But we're not going to sign them. So, yeah. Uh, because, like, Mitchell Robinson, like, he, he was great. Like, he was good his rookie year and everything. But ever since then, he's just, it's just been like a steady decline. So yeah, and he's undersized for that for his position, and yeah, yeah, like thin wise, yeah, yeah. Just... So I I could see that, but all right. Um, so I I lied. I do have one more question about the draft. Okay. Um. So Agiola three eight eight says NBA draft question. Chet Holm, Gringer, Barry Smith seem to be number one and two consensus picks in this draft by most. If you were to choose one of them with the number one pick with defense in mind. Would you select the shot blocking of Chet or perimeter defense of Jabari for next season's Thunder? This question ignores what they bring each other or what each brings offensively. This is purely a defensive question for OKC next year. So, Jerry, would you rather have Chet shot blocking, you know, despite what you think about Chet? You have to admit he's a good shot blocker. Sure. Or Jabari's perimeter defense? Um, I just think for today's league, um, give me Jabari. You know, just with his athleticism and ability to to move around a lot better, and yeah. and um, he can still get to the rim and defend the rim to an extent. Mm-hmm. 
um, super long, super athletic. Like, yeah, give me, give me Jabari personally. I can see the argument for Chet too, but again, I'm going to go back to the old, like you're playing in the WAC dude or the WCC, whatever you guys are named now. Um, then you guys play a bunch of old Catholic schools on the West coast. Like I'm just not just the level of competition isn't the same. Now, granted, I'm willing to eat crow come March Madness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I will have my plate, my fork, and my knife ready to eat that crow if he just comes out <laughs> and just destroys everybody. Dominates uh, Jalen Duran. Yeah, like I definitely would. I'd be like, yeah, all right. Well, I was completely wrong about this one. Um, I, I don't see it happening still, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, uh, give me Jabari. Give me yeah. Jabari. Yeah, I, I think I lean with you, man. You know, I mean, Chet's like he, he's a good shot blocker. Uh, you know, he can block both hands. Uh, I'm, you know, straight up, you know, swatting on chase down. Like he, he's he's a really gifted shot blocker. But I mean, Jabari has the ability and potential to guard one through five at the NBA. Yeah. And not just the defensive versatility that he gives you. And, you know, like you said, he does give you a little bit of, um, rim protection with a shot blocking. But if you have a guy that could potentially develop into somebody that can guard your Paul Georges, your Kevin Durant, your LeBron James, like those types of guys, um, you, you got to get like Evan, like, and even like, you know, a different player archetype, but kind of like the same position, a Giannis and Evan Mobley. Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes, like guys like that. Like I think Jabari Smith gives you um, the versatility to do that. So yeah. I, I think that I would go Jabari Smith. And I know you said ignore offensively, but, I mean, you know, I, we've seen flashes offensively from Chet. But, and, like, I, I had Chet my number one. I think I'm starting to creep towards Jabari number one. I would love it if he was more assertive um, at Auburn and, like, demanded the ball. I think the that's the, the coaching style. Yeah, I think that's coaching style, man. It's not just that. It's the guards he plays with are stupid. Like, well, sure, Johnson sure, but I, and Wendell Green, like they like whenever it's the end of the game, they're like, "All right, the ball's in my hands. You're not taking it away." Yeah, well, and I, like I said, I think a lot of that goes to to is it Tubbs, uh, Bruce Pearl, right? Pearl, Pearl, Pearl. Where did I get Tubbs from? I don't know what the hell I was thinking there. Um, I knew that too because he has. He reminds me of Alex, um, because they both have the curly hair and the same cut. Okay. Uh, so he reminds me of Alex. So, uh, yeah, give me Jabari, man, in that situation. Yeah, I'm going with my number one prospect, Jabari Smith Jr. as well. All right. Um, kind of sticking in the same vein with this question, Clemente Almanza says, thoughts on Poku playing the five? Something Dave Nolte teased earlier this week as a real possibility. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tee it off, man. Um, I don't love it. You know, when we drafted Poku, obviously his height, was a uh, was something that everybody thought what means he would play like the four or five, but we've really played him as more of a wing ever since he's come to the Thunder, and you know, it, in stretches like maybe you could play a small ball five, you know, to kind of space the floor. He he does have some pretty solid weak side shot blocking skills, so I could see that, but like. And, you know, if you're using the argument, like, what's he going to do against Embiid and Jokic and Towns? Well, what does anybody else in the league do against Embiid, Jokic, and Towns? Exactly. Anyway? So, uh, like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but, like, I, I think that 
that might be asking too much of Poku because he still doesn't 100% have the hang of what he's doing right now. So um, I, I'm personally leaning towards against it, but, you know, I, I don't feel too strongly one way or another about you, Jerry. No, I'm right there with you. Unless he was able to put on some weight and, um, you know, be able to just hold his own down there. He just – someone puts him on their butt. It's a wrap. You know what I mean? And he, he just – he can't be physical enough down there. Great off the ball, you know, help. He, he can do that, block shots. But, yeah, that's that's definitely not his MO. And I think if he was being played at the five, it's sort of just for funsies. You know what I mean? It's what I'll call it. Like, hey, let's just see what happens real quick um, without too many expectations with the result. Um, and it might be one of those things where, like, uh, what's the drill called? Where it, we used to call it the dive drill, you know, and our coach used to just, like, you know, we'd line up on the baseline and oh, get the, the ball. Drill or whatever. Yeah, and he would just roll it and blow the whistle and whoever got to it first, you know what I mean, Was didn't have to run or whatever. And um, – it'd be one of those situations where like, like my coach used to put me against the biggest dude on the team on purpose. And it used to piss me off so bad. The kid played college football. All right. So he's good on his feet, you know, but he was huge. He was like six, four, like two seventy, just yeah. huge. And um, it'd be one of those situations that maybe toughen him up. You know what I mean? Make him not be so scared of everything and, and um, be able to uh, just adapt and be confident in himself in that. So if he had to, but yeah, don't do it. Terrible idea, Mark. <laughs> Just don't do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. Um, so at uh, now that I'm like having to say this out loud, I want to make sure I say it right. You know, I always see it on the timeline, but at K Sarah Sarah underscore underscore looks like it might be two underscores back to back. Um, says where does Josh Giddy stand in rookie of the year race now that he's injured? Um, I, I think he stands about where he stood before he got injured, yep. honestly, like around yep. that really like four, maybe five mark. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, he was never going to pass uh, Mobley or Barnes. I think Cade's leapfrogged him with this play ever since after his first month that he was really struggling. And uh, I know Wagner <laughs> was up there for a long time, but I still think Giddy's number four. See, and I think if he was able to still play through – this you know what i mean the last because how, how many games has he been out now Eight? he's been he's been he played that first game um after all-star break he's been out since then so i think it's been like 10 games yeah so you if he was still on that trajectory right we we make that assumption that he was still on that trajectory scoring 16 a game 10 7 you know what i mean or 9 7 8 7 wherever he was at you mm. know whenever he was going into the all-star break um i think it's a tough it's a tough case to not have him one or, or sorry, like two or three. Um, I think having Cade or I think having Mobley as high as they do is a byproduct of the team that he's around. Um, not saying that he doesn't play well, um, yeah. but I just, I don't see, I just don't see anything that just like wows me. You know what I mean? More times than not. He just really athletic, um, gets to the spots that he's very, you know, has high strengths in and he takes advantage of them. Um, and he's a pretty good, you know, defender. Uh, Cade, 
and even Scotty, man, like, like Cade's been playing better. I'll give him that. But Scotty just has not impressed me. I've watched maybe like two pieces of Toronto games since the all-star break. And I'm just like, yeah, he looks like an NBA player. There's nothing like just wowing the crap out of me out of this guy. Plays hella good defense, but on the other side of the ball, there's just nothing that just super excites me about him. Um, so I think you could make the argument if he was still playing, he could fit into like the two or the three. Yeah, they've been playing Scotty a lot more with the ball in his hands, and that's really helped uh, like unlock this game a little bit more than it already has. Like defensively, he was already a game changer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like, offensively, it's really helped kind of walk his game. I think that, you know, if K or if Giddy was to stay on the trajectory he was on, I could see him surpassing Cade as, like, the number three spot. But I just don't see him, barring injury, um, being able to jump over Moby or Barnes just because, like, they built <laughs> they built such a strong lead, specifically Moby, but even Barnes um, early in the year. So, and, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean – you know, we 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 were bad mouthing the pick when it happened. Uh, people thought it was a reach, like three or four picks too high, and yeah. here he is, a number three, number four rookie in the league. Like you know, it's well, and see, I think maybe positions to be in. Yeah, I think that really, you know, that narrative very early just probably kept him out of that you know conversation pretty early in the year. I mean, we really didn't start hearing about it until he got his first triple double. You know I mean, where like people were taking him serious was the first triple double, and then he did it what three games in a row? Yeah, the three game um, stretch, one at the garden. Was, yeah, so and then people were like, "Oh, wait a second, you know." So I, I think that some of the narratives have played into that easily too. So um, gotta love, gotta love sports media, gotta love it. All right, uh, D. Uh, at good deeds underscore D says, do you think there's any chance Sam Presti takes another GM position if offered? Let's answer this quickly because we kind of been going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say no, man, just because Absolutely like, not. there was one job that I could see Presti leaving us for, and I wouldn't blame him. And it was the Boston job because he grew up around that area. Yeah. Like, that was his favorite team growing up. And the position came open, and they promoted Brad Stevens, and Presti's still here. So – I think he wants to see this through. Like, I think this is the, this is what GMs do the job for, to like have flexibility with the roster to, you know, build the roster from the ground up. And I think Presty's, you know, done a great job and he's going to do a great job. And I think he's having fun with what he's doing and he gets paid a crap load of money for doing it. So. Well, yeah. And, and I, I think about the other piece of this personally, it's like he's, as far as like his ranks in the organization, like, they, they might screw around and give him full range, you know what I mean, sooner than later. And him and Clay's relationship, from what I just hear, um, is like bar none that you hear, you know, from owners and GMs, just how close they are and, and that amount of trust. So, yeah, absolutely not. Um, and it's funny because you think the Boston job, uh, the one job I could see him leaving us for um, would be the San Antonio when that time comes. Yeah. I could see that. Oh, going back to where he started. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And it's just because, yeah, there's the cultures there. He was part of that culture very early. Um, So I could see that. So that's fair. Well, thanks, Jerry. I I was done worrying. And then you just put that in my mind. So appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry. Um, All right. We got two more questions. Um, They kind of coincide with one another, but I will read them both. So at Hunter Harjo7 says, 
Say the Thunder get pick six once again. Who are you choosing at that spot? And then at Mount Chilwell 19, Logan Woodson says, who do you want OKC to pick if we fall outside the top four? Pick six outside the top four so we can bring that together. And he said, who do you want slash what positions do you want with our three picks? So um, outside of the top four, or we're going to pick six. So top four in some orders, definitely going to be Chet, Jabari, Paolo, Jaden Ivey, 100%. Five. I mean, I, I don't know. Who do you think goes five? And then we'll get to who we want at six. Man, it's, it's got to be Shadon or um, – um, I mean – AJ Griffin, Keegan Murray. Or Jalen. I mean, it's got to be one of those two. It's got to be Shadon or Jalen. Well, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you that uh, Shaden Sharp's coming back to Kentucky next year, Jerry, so we're, we're not <laughs> speaking that negativity here. So – uh, all right, Jerry's eyes, Jalen Duran's going number five. So at six. And then I think at that point it comes down to Keegan Murray or AJ Griffin, who you want. And I I think they both fit with the organization uh pretty well. Um, I think that you have more defensive upside with AJ Griffin. He's yeah. also younger than Keegan Murray. <laughs> so I think that ultimately I would go with AJ Griffin. AJ. Yeah, me too. Me too in that situation. And just yeah, his yeah. I mean his his wingspan, his body's better. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, talking about the other question, you know, what positions would you want with the other three picks? If you get a wing, like I think it's paramount that you get a wing and a big of some type in this draft. You have four picks to do it. You can consolidate, you can take off four if you want to, like whatever you do. I think you need to come away with a wing and a big. And if Duran's not there, you know, a lot of people are in love with Walker Kessler because of his shot blocking prowess and everything. And so, like, I, I'm not crazy about him just because he doesn't space the floor. He doesn't give you a lot of versatility defensively. He's, he's literally just like a Rudy Gobert type player, which, you know, great player in the NBA, like all defensive team, all that stuff. But he limits what you can do in the playoffs. Like, Rudy Gobert gets played out of playoffs a lot of times. Um, so, with that being said, you know, we miss out on the top three. Dern's gone. Um, and we take A.J. Griffin. So, like, that wing position's filled and you want a big. I think that you try to move up and you get a guy like Tari Eason out of LSU. Um, he's a guy that gives you a lot of defensive versatility. He's a guy that has a nonstop motor. He's shown, a, he's shown some flashes of being able to shoot. Um, his offensive game is still really raw, but I just think that the energy, the motor, the rebounding, the defense that he gives you, um, that, you know, not makes up for it, but, you know, you can kind of slide him in alongside of Darius Baisley, alongside of Pokeshevsky, you know, something like that as your big man, you know, maybe not necessarily for the long haul, but at least for the immediate future. And um, he would fit in well there. Yeah, I say screw it and just let it fall back and go get, you know, Mark Williams out of Duke. You know what I mean? If that's the case, yeah. you know what I mean? You want to pass on the other ones just because um, the kid can play and he's still super raw on the offensive end. Um, so, but he does everything on the defensive end, right? And he's just, he's freaking huge. Uh, and he like plays with AJ Griffin. Yeah, he's just really big. Um, seven, seven wingspan, uh, seven foot. Like, yeah, let's just take a chance on him. Like, what does it got to hurt? 
Um, it's not like we're not going to get Victor the very next year and it's going to make everything better. So um, take the chance, Sam, take the chance. I will say uh, Ismail Kamagate um, out of Parish Basketball, um, Rafael Barlow, uh, he's talked about on many podcasts that, you know, as much as we all love Victor Wiminyama, everybody thinks he's the number one prospect in 2023 and rightfully so. Whenever he matched up against Ismail Kamagate, Kamagate ate his lunch. And everybody can have a good game, though. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if you can do it against Wiminyama, which obviously he's, like, offensive force, but, like, defensively also, like, he's like Jabari Smith Jr. and Chet Holmgren mixed into one with his potential. Um, for a guy to come in and, like, just impose his will on him like that, you know, it's at least interesting. I'm not saying that, like, you know, do what you have to do to get him, but I'm saying if he's there and it's your pick, sure. why not? Yeah. All right, Jerry, man, I uh, I think that covers it, man. I think uh, you know, that's that's it for our question. I want to thank everybody for the questions. Like, you know, awesome, you know, showing out. Whenever we ask for questions, it definitely helps us out. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it, man. You, uh, you got anything else to say before we sign off on the pod? No, just uh, enjoy the last, you know, couple of games. Uh, don't know when we're going to be able to pot again since we're a bunch of wild cards. So <laughs> um, enjoy our voice, especially me and Dylan's, as much as you can. Ooh, uh, yeah. But other than that, no, man, just uh, spring break is upon us, guys. Uh, go enjoy that weather. Go catch the last couple of Thunder games, man. Um, if you're local and you're here, um, the guys need us, man, just to show us, you know, that, hey, we, we really do support them and and um, that we're going to be there for them next year. So um, I just made my first payment today, actually, uh, for my uh, season tickets next year. So um, if you're not a season ticket holder, go be one. Uh, if not, just go catch a couple of games. And uh, lastly, if I offer free Thunder tickets on the Bird app, uh, please make sure to go. Yeah. Um, don't leave, don't leave my scenes empty after you take my tickets. Um, that really that, that really pees me off. Um, Grinds my gears, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it really hurt my feelings. So, um, but that. yeah, go support the boys, man. If you're local, go support them. Uh, they need it. Like I said, let's let's lit them off with a bang. Hey, if I lived in OKC, man, I'd I'd be there any chance I got. Um, obviously, it's a little different with Nova, but. Yeah. If if I lived in OKC and I had the means, I, I would absolutely be there any chance I got to. Um, yeah, I mean, season tickets did. So did you get a piece of the court from like? The... I, so, bro, I so I only had a half a season this year, right? And they only sent those to the full uh, season ticket members, right? But. Gotcha. I have, and she she actually her last day is the eighteenth. Um, shout out to Jenna Young. Um just amazing amazing ticket rep um she knows how much like i love the team and just how big of a home where i am uh you know she's heard the story of why nina's named nina mm-hmm. um and, and the last what game was it it wasn't the memphis game what was the game before that that we went to i can't remember but anywho um she comes up to my section and hands me a piece of that you know what i mean hands me the box and everything that came and so i actually do have a piece of it
Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.